Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Audio Time Capsule, episode 18. I'm comedian Simon Kane, and for those of you new to the show, this is the podcast where I bring on a guest, get them to leave 20 questions, and then a year later bring them back on to answer them. I then edit it so they're talking to their past self. All past voices will sound like this. And all present voices will sound like this. To give you an idea of how the show is structured, here is a question that I left myself before this week's guest arrived. Simon, what is the healthiest thing you've started to eat on a regular basis. Right now, you are at the Edinburgh Fringe 2017, and truth be told, you are eating crap food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and all between, really. So what are you doing to be better and more healthy? Because you did say that you were going to be more healthy once you get back home. I'm eating more fruit, which is easier to come by. I found that quite hard to find in Edinburgh, but that might have been because I instantly went to chocolate aisles every time I went into Tesco's. Um, I've been I've tried dry fruit a lot, but although that isn't very healthy, I've found out that's just pure sugar. It basically gets rid of all the nutrients. Um, what have I eaten? I've, oh, I tell you what I've been doing. I've been having protein bars after my runs. So that after, as in I've been running, not as in I've been having like chronic bout. I basically Simon I've been trying but uh you're not much healthier now uh but you are a year older and so more aware of the inevitability of your body falling to bits so if anything I'm hoping that in a year's time Simon has made more of an effort than I have <laughs> he won't have done well he let's start the episode hello this week's guest is the award-winning veteran comedian Phil Nickel, whose multi-talented skill set has taken him around the world to different festivals, performing solo hours, as well as to all the best clubs around the country to perform his amazing and energetic jokes. Phil has been doing comedy for over 20 years, and in this episode, he talks to his past self about trying to date again after a quite bad breakup, his music career, and more. If you're new here, please don't forget to hit that subscribe button. If you're old here, please do consider giving us an honest, ideally positive review in iTunes. And either way, please do join the Facebook group. It's called The Audio Time Capsule, and it's on Facebook, obviously. But for now, let's open the time capsule of Phil Nickel. Hi, my name is Phil Nickel. Today's date is the 18th of August, 2016. I'm currently sat in the suite venue at the Apex Hotel at the Grassmarket, Edinburgh, Scotland. 
I'm feeling um, positive about this project. Hi, my name is Phil Nickel. It's February 6th, 2018. I'm at the downstairs room of Aces and Eights in Tufnell Park, and uh, I'm curious to find out what I was thinking. I'm curious to find out what I am thinking. Hey, hey, Phil. Uh, how is the uh, the muscle project going? Did you end up getting the uh, circus aspect together, or are you indeed on tour with the Foo Fighters as you imagined? The Muscle Project is a um, a rock band. Uh, it's a concept that I had. I jokingly uh, in two thousand and. Six, I think Malcolm Hay was still writing for Time Out, and he said, "What have you got coming up?" At the end of an interview, I said, "What have you got coming up?" And I jokingly, jokingly said, "Well, my band, my rock band, Muscle, is going to be putting out an album, and I've got two volumes of poetry that I'm uh, having published on Peng- by Penguin." And he printed it, <laughs> and we were ringing him up, going, "What? Do you- I didn't know you had a rock band called Muscle." And I was like, um, "I don't." So I, at the time, put together a little idea of what I wanted Muscle to be, um, including this character who at the time was called The Boss, who was the leader of this band. He was from the 11th dimension, or actually the 10th dimension at that time. I make it, I've made it 11 dimensions to keep up with modern science, <laughs> because if you know anything about the string theory, the unifying string theory, M theory, is, uh, means that they believe there's 11 dimensions. So... The boss from Muscle is from the 11th dimension, and he's about to put out a single. (laughs) Uh, Definitely not on tour with the Foo Fighters, although um, our manager, we picked up a manager uh, with uh, YZ Records, uh, Guy Stanway, um, Ray Loverock, who plays the bass and is sort of the other musical, with me and we are the two creatives of the project. Uh, has just signed a deal with Eleven Seven Records in the States, which is the biggest independent rock um, record company. They do Motley Crue and people like that. And uh, we're talking to them um, right now. And I've just, in fact, as of yesterday, sent a whole lot of um, bio material over to because uh, they're trying to get us a deal with Marshall Amps so that we can release a single with uh, with the Marshall sponsorship. So that's all right. Well done, Phil. But no circus and no Foo Fighters. The music industry is even madder than the comedy industry. It just seems to take forever to get anything done. So our album's been recorded and mastered and in the can for about a year and a half already. And we're just waiting for someone to uh, to like it. <laughs> well, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm so proud of you and glad the music industry is taking you seriously, jerk. Hey, Phil, I wondered what what's what's happened with uh, Ethel's Little Ditties, the solo album. Did you end up making the... Uh, the video with uh, for Alice with the uh, Les Enfants Terribles. Um, I didn't end up making that video, although uh, Emma, uh, Emma Bunges, who's their producer, um, won. I think I'm not sure if they won an Olivier Award, um, but they they did an immersive piece of theatre in um, in the vaults, and that it's been redone again. And she did say to me if they were doing the you know, because of the cost of the sets and everything, if they were setting that up again, that I would be able to use their some of their sets as a backdrop. But they couldn't actually let me film in it because they didn't want to give it any of it away. Um, so no, I didn't make that video for Alice. Um, 
but the project is out if you care to look into support to completely independent music I am the artist the musician the singer the writer the producer and everything in that project and uh it's called Ethel's Little Ditties. My mother's name is Ethel, and she asked me it this Christmas, <laughs> what does Ethel's Little Ditties mean? <laughs> I was like, well, it's a, I, I, it's a dedication to your mum, because uh, all through my life she used to sing little ditties to me. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't get that done. I so knew you wouldn't get that done. So did you do the, um, how was the taping, the DVD taping? Um, you did two of them. Are they, was it worthwhile? Or a total waste of your time and money? Let me know. Oh well, I, yeah, we did them shortly after um, Edinburgh, and uh, it it was okay. It was at the um, Bloomsbury Studio, um, and it was with with Go Faster Stripe, the lovely Chris, and uh, um, they are in the can. They they're not. They haven't really been completed editing. I I kind of I kind of uh, didn't. Me, per- I didn't personally didn't think they were um, m- uh, my best performances of either show. One was from the year before, and it was slightly underperformed. And and the one from I don't want to talk about it. Uh, that show um, on the day I I have a a, mug, um, a stooge in the audience who gets up and heckles me, and then gets on stage and sings. And on the day I was supposed to do it. The guy who had done it in Edinburgh and who knew the part and knew the song and could sing and uh, was comfortable in the part uh, rang me on on the morning of the day we were recording the video to say he couldn't make it. So at ver- the very last minute, I was able to get a hold of Lawrence Owens, who's a fantastic musician who plays with Jess Robinson, and he came along and learned the song as best he could, and uh, and and uh, and he, without he, even knowing my show, was able to sit and on cue heckle me, and uh, and it it kind of worked, but um, it what I just don't think the show because of being me being tense about how that was going to work because it is the whole reveal at the end of the show, um, the show itself didn't go that well, so I have not and probably will not ever uh, release that. I'm glad I'm glad they happened. That's something to look forward to. I'll try and keep healthy for that record and try and change the future. I know you're working on a podcast with Mike Wilmot, Zen with Mike Wilmot, which we just never seem to get around to doing because we're always too drunk or wasted. Mike's been living with you for the most of the year, uh, and you and Mike Wilmot and Yuriko Katani uh, doing a podcast together sounds like a hilarious idea. Was it? Was it funny in any way? Somehow I doubt it. Well, I um, <laughs> what can I say about Zen with Mike Wilmot? It's a, <laughs> it's a torture. No, it's fun. It's it's just it's just us. It's just Mike and us um, and me um, talking rubbish and Eureka of trying to avoid speaking. <laughs> and um, I think Mike Wilmot's one of the most naturally funny people. I mean, his his act, similar to my act, his act is 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 a kind of a, a hardcore stand up, old school stand up, and and you know, ballsy and a bit rude, and 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 now I guess would be considered risque. I don't find it risque. I just think it, he's funny, but he's actually in real life, he's actually really uh, entertaining, um, well read and intelligent, uh, loves music. And we reminisce a lot about Toronto and the what started off as a joke about it being a self help. Um, podcast where, <laughs> with Zen with Mike Wilmot is a, it is a, it was a sort of a one joke thing, but 
I actually do think there's something oddly, um, oddly, wonderfully um, calming about it. So um, well, we continue to make them. I've had a problem with my computer, so we're, I've, I've got four more to release in the, in series four. It's in its fourth series, it, and it gets you know good listenership enough to make us want to want to make more. And uh, it doesn't really take much to make them. We just it's, it's, there's not very much editing, and the music's all played live. And and part of the premise is that it's two old guys who don't know how to work machinery properly. I'm not actually on it, Phil Nickel. I'm I play a character called Phil Watkinson because I refuse to put my name on anywhere, anywhere near it. <laughs> but listen to it. It's, it is, it is, it's worth it. Start at the beginning, because there's a lot of running gags. Oh, on a personal level, you were moving in with your girlfriend as soon as this... Actually, this, the minute this podcast is over. <laughs> you're, moving, you're going in to move in with a girl. Uh, you haven't had a girlfriend in a couple of years. Uh, the last girlfriend you had... Um, hurt your feelings so this is a big step for you how are you feeling about it <laughs> i hope it's going really well actually if it's going the way you think it should by this point you should be married and have children nine children um <laughs> i don't have nine children um uh, we don't even have a dog we do have some stuffed uh capybara big japanese uh, pillows <laughs> to say that my last girlfriend hurt my feelings was an is an understatement of the century but anyway <laughs> I'm probably in a better position to talk about it now, but um, that's not the question. So, um, yeah, I'm very happy. Um, we're, but we, I do. We have got a spare room in our flat, and uh, and Mike Wilmot sp- does spend seven months of the year living with us. So there, it's, um, but it's yeah, it's being it's really really comfortable. So I'm very happy with no children, no dog. Well, I'm glad this relationship's going better than the last one. Not that uh, <clears throat> she set the bar very high, but well done on the new relationship. So, Phil, you've been uh, took a year off from the Comedian's Theatre Company, which is your project uh, with Maggie Inchley, and uh, we're trying to get together a a show for next year. I think, uh, if I remember the last time we spoke to uh, Maggie about, you were talking about doing a cabaret version of... Jekyll and Hyde, which sounds very, very Edinburgh Fringe. <laughs> I'm not sure whether I like the idea. Prove me wrong. That idea did actually. That idea did actually fall to the wayside slightly. It's still, it's still interesting. We, we I actually ended up doing a, a, a cabaret, called the Asylum, uh, which, not had nothing to do with Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, but we got shut down by the police for being too loud. We we did it in the uh, in the Monkey Barrel, and we had a band of uh, Cammy Sinclair, Emma Smith, who plays with Gorillas, plays stand up bass with Gorillas, and Kirsty Newton, who plays uh, keyboards for the Comedy Store Players and the Whose Line Is That Anyway? Um, and she plays on all my albums, and she's in the band Muscle, and she's a, an old friend of mine. Um, Sort of long friend of mine. She's not old, uh, so we didn't do we didn't do the Jacqueline High Cabaret. We did do six by six by six, which was um, six new duologues. Um, so scenes with two people in them. We did six new ones with uh, so, and they were twenty minutes long. So we did three one day and three the other day, the next day, with the show alternating. And we had so we had six actors in each. So it was called six by six by six. And uh, it was a relative success. It didn't lose money. It was on at the Pleasance. Uh, it was new writing. Some of the scenes were um, 
uh, amazing writing. Some of them had amazing performances. And uh, we had Seymour Mace was in some. Janie Godley was in some. Jojo Sutherland. I, can, I can't go through all the people, but we, it was uh, in, a really interesting uh, project. And we are now in discussion with the Pleasants about what we're going to do next year. Um, we've found this, uh, the very first, I'm going to get the name of the art, the, um, the author wrong, um, the very first, um, Nobel Prize for playwriting was won by a woman, and I can't remember her name, it's Jessie, I can't know, this is going to bug me now, um, that she wrote a play in 1916 called Why Mary? And the and it's it's written it's like three act plays, but it's it's like a farce, and it's about a signed a couple who are scientists, and they're under the pressure to be married because people think they're living in, in sin, and the man decide the the male scientist wants to get married, and the female scientist talks him out of it, and it just seems like a very appropriate. This is being the year of uh, suffrage, um, you know, the hundredth year of suffrage, and um, with the you know empowering women and it's got some great female characters in it and it was written by a woman and it's a Nobel Prize winner and someone else probably hear this and end up doing it in the West End because it's actually a really brilliantly funny farce uh, so that's what we're trying to get on this year um, but I probably shouldn't have said it without before we've done it because now someone else will steal the idea <laughs> if your gig is going to get shut down for a reason it should be because it's too loud that is very rock and roll well done on the asylum You've got uh, Phil. You've got the um, the short film that you're working on with. Uh, you're doing a short film with uh, Barry Casnola and Russell Up Productions called The Note, based on a story that you wrote in uh, a story that uh, that you a, a piece that you wrote based on a story that was written by Brian Hart, who's uh, one of the executive producers of The Kids in the Hall, that you did in your first show, 1996. Um, I'm just wondering it. What uh, what came of it, and did you get Wayne Shepherd to do the music for it? I'd like to see it. It's going to be brilliant. I think it's going to be brilliant. I can't wait to see it. Well, I we have. N- it's not really moved any further. I kind of went to uh, to um, James Wren and uh, FMW Films. Kind of were interested in in it, um, and the, we rewrote it, uh, added more to it. Um, Barry Casnola and Russell Up Productions have just contacted me actually last week. Barry mentioned it because they want to do. They did a, a short film with Izzy Suti uh, last year, and Ro- I think I'm, I'm not sure if Rod Gilbert was in it, but um, they've done a few things now because uh, Barry and, and, and Rod work together. Um, so yeah, watch the space. It, it, it is. It is a. We've we've been given the go ahead from Brian, and I've been bouncing the script back and forth. Brian Hart. Um, although he's super busy doing, you know, he's, he was writing for Leno and stuff like that before it went off, Leno went off the air. So I'm not sure um, whether how much uh, involvement he'll have other than um, just giving us the go ahead. But um, it's a great, it's a really cool little story and it's going to make a really great short film. So um, yeah, hopefully that'll happen in the near future. Well, I was looking forward to seeing that. Well, I'm sure you tried your best to get it off the ground. Oh, well. So you've been working on this, uh... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, this project for, uh, with James Wren and his film production company, uh, who just had a, uh, a little uh, hit with a short film called The Monster that's been going traveling around all of the film festivals. And uh, you were working on... Something with him, a story called Castle Bay, I think it was called, based up, uh, based in, on the island of Barra in the Outer Hebrides. And uh, we had some interest from a new production company in Scotland called We Pal. I think Elaine Campbell and Greg McHugh from um, Fresh Meat. And the last time we spoke, you were on your way in to do meetings with Channel Four about it. Has it happened? I guess we'd know about it. I think it would make a great TV series, if not a feature film. Um. Nothing's happened. <laughs> Nothing's happened with that at all. Um, well, lots of things have happened, but none of them positive. So, I mean, it was, yeah. It's it's a. I think it's a really good idea. It's a really simple, lovely um, family story. It's a bit like Local Hero, about a about a local guy that 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 does well, and it's and it's set in Scotland, and uh, so it. It, it, but it hasn't really grabbed anyone's attention. I think with a lot of these things, a project that because that's quite a big that's quite a big thing to make, it needs to have uh, a stars attached to it, and um, so it's not it's not dead. But um, haven't really no haven't really heard anything back from that. No, there's no, I've, I'm going to cry now. <laughs> there's nothing nothing good to say there. All. But, you know, I have many projects. <laughs> I'm doing many things. <laughs> uh, but if Elaine, if you hear this, um, give me a call. <laughs> I can see you've got loads going on, but maybe get back to this one because that's a good idea. It's a really good idea, I think. Have you continued your fight training? You started training last year kind of loosely to do to only to get knocked out by Tom Houghton in the uh, the boxing event for the charity for Kian uh, that was run by the the wonderful Gavin Humphreys and Kai Humphreys up in uh, Blythe, Northumberland. You were going to keep training, but then you hurt your leg. Have you done it? I hope you're ripped because by this time next year you will have fought Tom again, and you wanted to be totally hench because he is half your age and double, double your height. Oh, you didn't. You probably chickened out because you're a chicken shit and, and lazy, and you're moving in with your girlfriend that always puts weight on. <laughs> well, I've put weight on. Yeah, I've put some. I'm not a chicken shit. Come here and say that. I'll go back in time and pound you out. Uh, no, I'm. I, I think they are doing the, the boxing again, actually, to try and raise some more money for uh, Gian. Um But I think I, I saw Tom recently uh, on New Year's, actually, and Tom, um, who is coming to see my show tonight, uh, has decided that he's going to fight Elliot Steele, who um, is probably a better choice, more likely to be a fair fight, and I think they're about the same height and weight, and um, Elliot. He used to be kind of like a tall, skinny, you know, um, tall, skinny kid has actually worked it out and been doing uh, boxing training in my time. And I have not done any of that. I'll be honest with you. I, um, I've been having living a life of, uh, of luxury.
sitting around with our capybara pillows, <laughs> eating ice cream at midnight. So no, that probably won't happen. And also, I can't, even if I wanted to <laughs> get beaten up again by Tom Houghton, I can't because I'm, I'm, I'm busy. Uh, I'll be busy until ju- the middle of July. And the, the, I believe that that fight, uh, that fight night is going to take, um, take place earlier. Although if you wanted to see that, um, Barry Casanola's film production company did, a, uh, you can buy the whole night, the whole event. And it is quite exceptional. It looks brilliant. And uh, and all the money that goes to uh, to Kai and Musgrove and try and help him um, uh, survive um, his cancer. Well, given that the fight's not happening, I think I'll start eating loads and loads of chocolate and ice cream right now. Did you come back to the Edinburgh Festival? Feels like you've done it this year, 20 years, you know? Still can't really draw a crowd. Think it's time to give up, buddy. How have you re-evaluated yourself? Maybe gone into teaching? I hear they're doing some improv courses at Angel. You know, you can maybe go down there and, and learn from the best. Do something with those guys. I can't. Actually, not a bad idea. I really like Idil Sukan. I think she's a great, not a great photographer, but... Um, um, not a great photographer. Probably not a bad not, improv coach. I'd have oh to my go God. check it out. I said not, not a great photographer. What I meant was, Idol, I'm so sorry, not only a great photographer. Holy shit. And she does boxing. She, maybe, maybe she'd want to fight me. Oh, my God. Why am I goading myself in the future? Um, <laughs> but maybe it is time to give up. No, never give up. Why give up? Who needs an audience? You know what I mean? As long as I've got a bucket and a street. Oh, a friend of mine once, I once was moaning because, you know, all, we all have days where we just want to give every pack, pack it in because you forget the, you know, the magic of life. And, <laughs> and I said to a friend, oh, man, I'm just going to end up some homeless guy. And he went, no, you're not. And I was like, what? Oh, no, thanks. He went, yeah, you got a guitar. You'll always be a busker. So <laughs> thanks, man. Um, I went back to Edinburgh this year. I had a show called You're Wrong, um, which... I did at the Monkey Barrel with Heroes of Fringe. Uh, it's one of the best uh, uh, Edinburgh Fringe experiences I've had in 10 years, in, in, in the last 10 years. Uh, 10 years ago, well, no, it was a longer, 12 years ago, I won the, the Edinburgh Comedy Prize, or the If.Comedy it was called at the time, or the Perrier previously. And the show that I did this year, I, I believe, is the best one that I've ever done. And I know people talk about that, but it, it's not through... I'm not, but I'm not bragging when I say that because it was just coincidental. I worked with John Gordillo, who is a fantastic director and uh, a close friend. So we were really able to get really... Um, condense it all down. So it was like a really... The show was really humming and, and it was really fun to perform. And it was something uh, very dear, close to me, um, and then the, the premise is just about how we maybe should all learn to admit we're wrong easier and, and maybe accept that we're all faulted beings and, um, you know, that there's no, no way we're going to, if we, the way we jump on each other all the time about every single little thing from the apostrophe in your to whether or not, you know, you believe in Donald Trump or whatever, we need to have a little bit more forgiveness, compassion in our lives. So that show went well, and it's going to be on tour. Uh, it got picked up by McPerrin International. So the tour was supposed to start in March, but I, and I got cast in a, on a, on a show that I'm presently in. So that starts in September. The dates are online. 
uh, McParran International, and it's going to end. Uh, the tour goes September, October, December, and then we're going to try and add some international dates in the new year. But I think I think I've got dates confirmed at the Soho Theatre. I know that they told me. I don't know if they're confirmed, but I've got some some dates at the uh, end of November, beginning of December, downstairs at Soho. So I'd love you to come and see it. I wanted to spend some time going back to Canada and uh, trying to reignite uh, the, the very small career I had there. I'm hoping that my show 20s, my 20th anniversary, gets me to uh, back to all the back a little back back to Melbourne, back to New Zealand, back to Montreal, and all the festivals. Uh, it would make sense if they were going to bring me back for a year. This would be a good year to showcase all of my skills and abilities. Uh, maybe try and stoke some of the interest that I had in the States the last time I was in uh, in uh, Montreal on 2009. So it's been a while. I hope they remember who I am. Uh, what happened, Phil? Did you make it back? Well, no, I didn't. Uh, actually, oddly, the show 20 didn't... Uh, no, no one, <laughs> no, no one was interested in that. Yeah, sure, sure the best of my... <laughs> it wasn't the best. The, my choices of my best material for 20 years was not good enough for any festivals. <laughs> so, uh, um, but it was a great show. I, I, I stand by it. Well, see, you want to say it's a great show. I mean, I'm, I don't want to sound arrogant. It's not relative to me. It was a great show. I don't mean to go, it was a great show. You got to see it. But relative to shows that I've done, it was it was one of the more fun ones to perform. So, but I unfortunately didn't get invited to Montreal uh, nor Melbourne. Um, but that's okay because it's the way the year has worked out, and the way things have gone. I had a fantastic year last year, and it's all come. It's all coming good. Um, I was invited back to New Zealand with this new show, You're Wrong, which I couldn't do this year because I'm in this in this musical. So I. Um, yeah, I'll be hopefully do, picking all those up again because the, the, the show You're Wrong is going to tour to December in Britain and Ireland and then ideally go international in the in the, the, the January, including, fingers crossed, New York and L.A. and that. So, um, but no, 20 did nothing for me. <laughs> 20 years of solo stand-up performance did nothing. Nobody's interested. Time to uh, time to dig out that play. I think uh, did you do it? You were supposed to be writing a play called Begin the Begin, but a love triangle uh, that uh, ironically was intersected and and stopped. You stopped by the fact that you were involved in a love triangle. <laughs> oh, the lovely irony of that! So you're writing. Uh, did you write the Begin the Begin? I'd like to. I uh, uh, hope that it's actually on at the festival this year. It'd be really great if you could get the two people that fucked you around to actually be in it. That would be a wonderful irony. That would be amazing, actually. Uh, I could just film my life and then put the title on it. Begin the Begin. I have been thinking about it uh, more lately. I have become a bit of a theatrical. Um, I've been cast in this. Um, this uh, musical that's on in the West End called Everybody's Talking About Jamie. And what it's done, it's allowed me, A, to give me time, a so little breather from doing stand-up and, and being on trains and planes and automobiles. And it's also let me see there's a lot of really good young acting talent and around uh, and around me. And then that, would, that story would need to be told by young people. I originally wrote it to be in, but... Um, yeah, I have. I have actually ha- very recently dug it back out, um, 
and it's a really simple story. It's about three actors who are in a play and having a love triangle. So it's a play within a play within a play. Uh, it might be a little bit hack, actually. Now think about it. <laughs> Don't know. It's not hack, okay? It's not hack. Don't say that about my work. Idiot. So if you're looking back uh, here at the time capsule, what is uh, what was your fondest memory from this whole past year? You've got so many things. I've got so many things that you could look back on. I'm, I'm working on now, so I hope that uh, whatever we've done together has ended up leaving you very uh, blissful. <laughs> well, I have pushed through all of those. I've had a really, I've had a, it's been a good year for me, but I've been so busy. Um, I've pushed through. To, so I started the year by going to a Southeast Asian tour with Yuriko Katani, and we went to Japan and had an amazing trip there. And then I went back to do a motorcycle trip uh, for my birthday with a, my friend Marshall Cordell. We went to Vietnam and did a, a motorcycle trip, eight-day motorcycle trip along the Chinese border in Vietnam, which was like a, uh, I can't even, it, it's one of those things where I, I couldn't tell you what, how good it was I just, I just, I had, it was good. So <laughs> I can show you photos and you'll go, oh, nice, another green thing. Hey, look, a cow. So there's, that was, that was, that was fun. And then I got working on You're Wrong, which is a concept I had uh, to tell, try and um, base this epiphany that I had about my brother coming out of a coma uh, that I had like 12 years after the event. That's what that show was about. And that went extremely well. And I moved to a different venue in Edinburgh. I took a chance on Heroes, which for me is the best model for any uh, comedian, young or old. You can sell tickets online and then let as many people in for free. That's understood by the people who buy the tickets online. That other people, if you, if you want to come in for free, you can wait. But it meant that I was able to sell my whole show out and actually come away from Edinburgh with some money. And, and also it's still prestigious enough that... The critics go in, so that's gone, and that immediately got picked up for a tour from McParran. And then while I was disc discussing that, how I was going to approach that tour, like a week afterwards, I got cast in um, this sort of, well, I guess it's a hit musical that's on at the Apollo. It's an award-winning musical. It's on at the Apollo Shaftesbury, uh, produced by Nika Burns and NIMAX Theatre, and it's called Everybody's Talking About Jamie, and it's just been extended. It's running till October I'm going to be in it until whenever, maybe October, maybe July, don't know yet. And uh, and then I'll be going back up to Edinburgh Fringe Festival and possibly, and then going on tour. So my my year has taken off to a point where I am actually uh, now planning January 2019. So Phil, are there is there anything that you regret saying no to? Is there something that you should have done? Uh, mm, no, no, actually, there's always things. I, mean, I just don't think you can regret that. Like, and the way the year has panned out, um, I, I, I don't, nope, I don't think so. I was, I was, uh, I've always, I trained as an actor and wanted to genuinely not television film. I wanted to be a stage actor and, and more specifically to do Shakespeare and when I left my first job out of acting school was with the Shakespearean Theatre Company, and it's been, it's one of those things where you, I haven't really pursued it or um, wanted to. I want, I'd like to, I'd like to try and do something like that. And I was offered the chance to audition for a, uh, a piece at the Globe because a friend of mine was directing, and I couldn't do it because I wasn't in the country. 
So that, that I had a slight regret for that. But had I done that, then none of these other things that have gone really well for me would have worked out. So no, no regrets. So um, is there any advice you can give me, Phil, on something I should do this year? What's, what's the, if, if I could do something this year and you can give me the advice, what is it? Well, not really. Because, first of all, you know what you're like. You don't like being told what to do. So, um, the f- And also, you're the kind of person, if I tell you to do go left, you'll go right. So don't, <laughs> don't take my advice. Um, you've, it's, it's been all right. It's been all right. Life is full of pain, but pain is feelings, and feelings is joy. Well, thanks. Thanks very much, Phil. Um, Phil, future Phil. Thanks for uh, taking part in the uh, in the interview. I hope uh, I hope the I hope you give me some good answers. That was Phil. I loved hearing about his music career. I mainly know him from comedy, and it's been really interesting to hear how these projects have been going, in addition to him being in a hit West End show that neither of us saw coming, and I'm so proud of him. And I think that show's still going as well, so I'll leave a link in the description if it is. If not, I know that he is going to Edinburgh, and so am I. He's going up with a show called You're Wronger, which I think is a sequel to You're Wrong, which I saw last year and loved, but I don't have firm details for that show right now, so I will leave a link in the description below. I am doing my third solo show. It is called Sex, Drugs and Other Things I Never Do. It will be at the Novotel Hotel in the Grass Market at 6pm every day, except Wednesdays when I get rudely awoken by the dustman. You can reserve a seat for £5 ahead of time, or you can chance it and turn up and pay what you want on exit. If you're enjoying these podcasts and you want to support my work, please do come down to any of these, or you can come see me on tour, and you can find all the dates for that at simonkane.co.uk starting in September. If you're new here, please do hit that subscribe button. If you're old here, please do remember to give us an honest, ideally positive review in iTunes. They really help get us up the charts and help the show continue. Or you can donate by either becoming a Patreon or a one-off donation at simonkane.co.uk. The Audio Time Capsule is a Fruit That Got In Gravity's Way production for the internet. All elements were created by me, comedian Simon Kane, except the music that was composed by David Jordan. Thank you very much for listening, thank you very much for subscribing, and thank you very much for rating and donating if you do. I'll see you all in about 14 days' time. Bye!